welcome everyone to the panel of the ET Hybrid Starseed Extravaganza with so many amazing guests that are really tapped into that level of phenomena. Uh, we're starting with Barbara Lamb, who's years of experience in this field, Vivian Shavat, who is a Arcturian, not a walk-in Arcturian representative, Tyler Ellison, who is a channel for Rio, and we'll get into that. Geraldine Orozco, who is a hybrid mother, as she claims. Um, uh, Marina Serin is uh, a star seed with some very interesting new information she wants to come forward. And Jimmy QT with uh, his own stories of contact. And of course, our hosts, me, Alan Steinfeld, Sheila Seppi, the brainchild, the brain, the star, the creator of this, I would say, this panel, and Neil Gar and Joan of Angels. That is our all-star cast. So since Marina missed her um, opportunity to share, she, I think she she's prepared a, a speech and she would like to open the panel discussion and then all of us can react whatever way we want to this opening speech. So Marina, it's up to you. Go ahead. Go for uh, it. What I wanted to share about the idea of hybrid is that um, right now in the community, in the new age and in the spiritual movement, there is a lot of, uh, there is a trend to support certain breeding programs that are known as the great hybrid programs. And they take the whole idea of being a hybrid along with that as if we were supposed to be hybridized as our next step in evolution. And that is something that I wanted to talk about and to remind people of. I have my star families of Anunnaki origin, and I was told by a channeler that they are one of the very first Anunnakis that came to this planet in the genetic iterations and the creation of mankind. So when I came in contact with them, they explained to me amazing things, really deep information that um, is just mind-blowing. And they warned me about things that are happening right now with the idea of being a hybrid. They told me, you're all hybrids because we did create you with Anunnaki DNA, Pleiadian, Syrian, etc. You have DNA from different densities. And this is what it is. We are humans, but we are we're hybrid species. We are mixed with um, hominid and with you know, all the um, set of different ET species. Um, but they warned me that there is now a massive collaboration with a certain species, which is the Grays, which is a great hybrid program. And people are starting to be brainwashed to think that the next step in evolution, human evolution, is to be part of this, to collaborate in this, in their agenda to receive their genetic codes and say that that is the upgrade that we're supposed to have in order to be the next species, like the next, um, you know, um, humanity, the one that is upgraded and it has evolved. And they told me, no, this is something that has been happening for thousands of years because there, there is a certain branch of Anunnaki's that has you enslaved and they are always manipulating you as if you were puppets 
with genetic iterations, genetic iterations, genetic iterations, and they're always trying to direct, direct your evolution one way or another. And the gray is, is a timeline, it's a parallel timeline of the future of humanity that is not necessarily your future. It is a parallel probability. But the thing that they come here, the ideas that they come here with, that they are us from the future and that we are supposed to receive their genetics and breed with them so that we can all upgrade into the next level of, of, of humanity, that is a manipulation. That is a lie that they say on purpose so that you feel collaborative, so that you think that you are supposed to do it because it's your evolution. There's no other way. And many times they have warned us through many channels that if we don't do this, we will eventually become the grays. And that is not true. There are thousands of probable prob um, possibilities for us. And I was told that um, we are supposed now to break free from the chains of the Anunnaki because the, the, the gray hybrid programs are not just um, overseen by the grays or the gray hybrids. They are all being seen by a branch of the Anunnaki that I already talked about that are the responsibles for these constant genetic iterations in which they either change our lifespan or our abilities, psychic abilities, or they change us into being more mental or more emotional. And they have us enslaved like this. So my specific Anunnaki family, they came to me and they wore me. There is a trend right now in your spiritual community to confuse the idea of being a hybrid, which is what you all are, which is Vivienne, which is, you know, um, uh, Ger Geraldine, which is me, which is Tyler, which is Barbara. Every one of us here is hybridized at some point, but not necessarily because hybridized in terms of the breeding agenda of the grace, but hybrid with genetics from extraterrestrials, which is 100% fine. Because the idea of getting hybridized was supposed to mean that we get to activate our hybrid DNA, that potential that we have, that is those structural genetics that we already have within us, not to mix with the grays and the gray hybrids in order to become like the next level, supposed level of, of humanity. That is something that has to do with their timeline that they want to fix. And they convince us that it is our future that we're supposed to mix with them to become you know, genetically activated, to get genetically upgraded in order to be you know, evolved and transcend into the four density, et cetera. That is a manipulation and I was warned that. And I received attacks when I started exposing them, the great hybrid agendas for all their manipulations, their lies, and how we're supposed to go now into an organic timeline in which we are not necessarily need to breathe with any other species and or welcome any hybrid children here into this planet. And when I mean hybrid children, I mean the ones made with gray on the ships, the ones that are called hybrid children that are so famous and so trending now that I used to support. They said, there's no need for that. You're meant now for a natural organic timeline in which you no longer need to breathe anymore and to hybridize with more different species, timelines, etc. You don't need more transhumanism, in other words. You have all the potential within you. So to become a hybrid does not mean to welcome these beings and breathe with them. To mm. become a hybrid means to naturally naturally activate your DNA 
and to yeah. become the best version of you because you have the hybrid genetics. Mm -hmm. And so, as I was saying, they, the gray hybrids attacked me to the point that I was almost died, that I almost died when I started exposing them on a, on a major level because I was supposed to be their Trojan horse. And that is when they be, this beings, this really ancient Anunnaki came to me and said, now you know the true colors of the beings that you know as the Yaya, the hybrid children, the Sasani, the Christ. Mm -hmm. They are extremely agenda-based and they will do whatever, Marina, they will do whatever what it takes to preserve their timeline and impose their genetics. So you need to warn okay. humanity. They have another side. Okay, Marina, they let's uh, let people respond. Thank you. So you basically feel invaded and you um assaulted, your free will is overrun, and you're resisting this agenda that you feel. So let's hear, because this is the perfect group of people to answer this hugely controversial question in our community. So um, uh, Geraldine, Vivian, um, do you have anything to say? Geraldine, you deal with this or Vivian. Well, why don't you start Geraldine and then, or Tyler or Geraldine, unmute. Okay. Oh, yeah. Thank you I so think much. it's legitimate what, what Marina is saying. She feels threatened and assaulted and okay. So go ahead. Yes. Um, uh, well, I, I have a, uh, when, when I take a look at what a hybridization is and what a hybrid is from the genetic perspective, I feel that we actually are a braided uh, cocktail of DNA, in other words, in which even within us, we have aspects of this gray uh, aspect. Now, when we talk about grays, I mean, there are so many different kinds of manifestations of grays in 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 regards to the way that they look or appear and uh you know from the different um hierarchies hierarchies of beings in terms of vibrational expression there can be many different kinds of grays that are high vibration as well as low vibration so um you know i i believe that generalizing the concept of gray agenda um would be a kind of confusing in a way how we interact because a lot of uh, contact experiences that are experiencers that I've also speak with have con experience with grays and they have both positive and negative experiences the end and some grays are involved in some of these uh, Pleiadian groups Arcturian groups like uh, reptilians draconians people see these kinds of, of emanations manifestations so what I have come to terms as a result of that is that I believe that it's rather a range of frequency that is being expressed and maybe that expresses some kind of characteristics that look like gray what does that mean that means that the personal experience by each individual that begins to interact with these beings is an expression of what is already encoded within their genetic data so if you are embraided with some of these grays or are pleiadians or reptilian beings you will experience contact hybridization and experience with them depending on what is required for this DNA, this aspect of yourself to come active. The more we gain consciousness and the more we activate our DNA, the more contact and expression we experience with many infinite races 
races which are vibrational frequency. So I think it's something from the inside out. A lot of hybrids go through a process where the contact can seem very traumatic at some point, but as you begin to become aware of the agreements, agreements, experiential experiences that we make with these beings as an expression of our genetic data, we, we then have the ability of choosing how to interact in these dimensional levels and therefore transmuting by the internal transmutation of the body genetically the interaction that we're having with these beings. And this happens not only with greys but also with terrestrial military programs. When we transmute the life force energy within to a higher frequency, we begin to fall out of alignment with parasitic entanglements. And I think that's super important that we understand. When there is the parasitism, it's from the inside out rather. Um, and so that's something that I'd like to pose as a important information for people to understand that the alchemical process is what helps transmute the kind of experiences that are having. It's from the inside out. And what do you mean from inside out? From her yeah, so, so sense of consciousness? Correct. So uh, DNA, right now when we are not conscious, we are repeating cyclical patterns of trauma that are not only from the ancestral genetic bloodline. We're talking about interdimensional bloodlines that feed information into our genetic data. And when we're not conscious, we repeat those patterns. We might wake up awareness in our physical everyday life, but when we, we begin to access other dimensional information, we become aware of the cyclical traumas from, let's say, eighth dimension, 10 dimension. And so we, we, we access those councils, which are made up of many different groups in which we begin to interact with the programs that are embedded into the DNA. So as we ascend in transmute the lower frequency perspective into a higher, we begin to integrate and become aware of ourselves in all dimensional layers, choosing the parasitic entanglement or conscious unity. So this is something that happens in layers. Well, let me let me thank you. Let me ask Barbara because Barbara, you've heard a lot of stories, and I think what Geraldine is saying is that Marina has to look within. But I think Marina's um, has a genuine complaint where she's, you know, maybe done some inner work, but yet she still feels as if these forces are not leaving her alone and actually manipulating her. And somehow, no matter how much internal work she does, this seems to be still attached to her field. Have you seen, and she's, you know, she's quite upset about it. And I don't know, do you, what, what, what have you heard about this and what do you advise Barbara? Well, I think the, the greys um, who do the hybridization program and, and many other things, you know, really um, dissecting, poking, probing, dissecting our bodies and so forth. Um, in other words, seeing very intrusive and sometimes leave scars on people that people don't like and do, do many procedures that people not only don't like, but they, they feel really, really terrible about. Um, they, so they seem much more self-serving. Now, I think we have to talk about the type of grays that do that, because there are a lot of beings which we could call gray, G-R-E-Y, and um, but who do not do those particular procedures. In fact, um, 
one gray being I knew of from a man I regressed for about 10 years, many, many regressions, he was healed again and again and again by a five foot seven particular gray male. And um, so one might think that, oh yeah, he's like all the other grays, but he was totally serving and helping that man with a congenital condition he had and saved his life many, many times. Um, but so anyway, there are the grays who do that sort of thing, the uh, hybridization and manipulation of people and seem to like to have control over people, certain people. Um, but then there's so many other species. And what I'm thinking is that it would be well worth your while, Marina, to set your mind, set your consciousness, set your intention to asking for help from the other beings who are not like the grays, are entirely different beings on a very different uh, level of mission, a very different level of consciousness. So you can ask out loud, you can ask in meditation, you can ask when walking down the street and any any way you want, um, mm. just asking for help from the more benevolent, enlightened beings. Uh, you And I would think from other things that I've heard you share other times that uh, you're having a lot of inspiration from and contact with much more benevolent, shall we say, higher beings who are not gray beings. So there's, you see, I think it's any one person who experiences an extraterrestrial being, it turns out, if we look more and more into it, that they have experiences with quite a number of different types of extraterrestrial beings. And some of those are much more to our liking. They're much more benevolent, much more caring, much more expansive, much more enlightening. And they're definitely not self-serving the way some of the greys are. So I would think that there would be way more of these enlightened, benevolent beings to call upon than there would be of the grace doing the things. Well, well I think she, I think she is, but there's still this like thorn in her side. Let's try Vivian, then we'll have Marina. Vivian, because I think you really get it. I think I feel like you understand the the dilemma she's in, and maybe a lot of people watching somehow. So unmute yourself, and then we'll go around and and talk to other people. But I think. There's something else going on than just uh, looking at a higher realm. There's a there's a deep human drama here, whatever that is. So, Vivian, please. Thank you, Ellen. As always, Marina, it's a joy to connect with you today. Thank you, everyone. From an alternate perspective, we're completely outside of that reality. Um, the way we look at it, I just quickly ask your heart some permission to just glance into the potential entanglement going on here. And I feel that for you in regards to the group or the family group of grace, and it has so many levels to it, 
that their aspect of soul energy that belongs to other other multidimensional reality needs to be addressed that way in order to understand what is it that they still are attached to you what is it that they may still i feel like i'm holding to holding you accountable or responsible to accomplish or to fulfill it some ways. So at that point, it says, okay, I want to shift my life out of that paradigm. I want to move my consciousness and my timeline in a whole different directions. So we have to look at the multi-aspect of what are the possible entanglement or what is still is attaching you to this group. And if so, at what level? And then we can work with what I call the consoles of time and then being able to look at that level to says, okay, we need to work um, very much as clearing out or potentially completely uh, voided any potential soul agreement that is still playing out, even though in this reality, you're here in this physical form and you're on earth and you want to move forward in your life. Well, these other aspects of you are still overlapping, are still playing out in the field, so to speak. So, and I see that many times where clients come to me and says, well, you know, I I still get visitation from these groups and, and they, they do this, they do that. And I, I want to get free of this. I, I want to be able to move forward. And so there's a complexity behind it that we have to understand how it came to you and why is it still playing out today? So, like I said, there's a way to look at, at it, but it, we have to look at it through the multidimensional aspect of it to see if there's no other aspect of you who are doing or playing out in that field with them. But that aspect of you here says, I want to get free. Uh, I want to be able to move forward. So, you know, this is just a two cents I'm bringing to see that this is a little bit more complex than meet the eyes. And um, so you're saying there's a conflict within the dimensional selves that she is aware of and not aware of that is creating, and it must be created for a reason. We, I mean, for an evolutionary reason. There's always a reason behind it. Um, and like many of us have shared before, and it can be contract, it can be a soul aspect that is still fulfilling those contract or these agreements, or it can be something from a previous galactic war or another, whoever. I mean, we're multidimensional beings and we think about where it's going on here. But in the same reality, there's so many parallel ongoing at the same time. We have to address them to understand how this is all still playing out in your reality, in your field today, to be able to shift your paradigm and being able to move you forward beyond that, if that makes sense, um, Marina. But this wow. is just another layers I would like to add very quickly um, to this situation. Mm. I think this is though a very evolutionary panel. This is like multidimensional group therapy. This is really excellent. So Marina, do you have a response to any of this? And then we'll go around and get uh, information, maybe Tyler, Jimmy, Joan, Neil, Sheila, but do you have a response to this so far? 100%. Um, that is the issue that many people think that um, the, the part of me that is, um, inter um, let's say, having a connection or intervention or experience with these people is grazed are on a negative timeline or negative vibration are not the ones that are so love and light and enlightened, etc. And the point is that in my story, 
in the story that I exposed to people that I disclosed, I shared how I was part of the family of Bashar. You all know Bashar, right? The great hybrid Sasani. I was part of, like, I had one aspect of the future that was connected to the Sasani contact specialists, the ones that are trying to now, you know, um, convince people or not convince, but start to remind people that they have been part of this great hybrid program and that they want specifically, their plans specifically is that these hybrid children created in ships with grace, either positively or negatively, it does not matter. They come to Earth, they breed with us, and they create another species, which will be the ultimate hybrid species, and that's what is supposed to be our next level of evolution. Well, um, when I was uh, when I was working with that, because I used to be a great hybrid supporter, I did not have necessarily the negative great hybrids or the negative grades. They didn't behave negatively with me. They were the ones that everybody paints as love and light and super evolving, enlightening, etc. But what happened is that I, anyways, I realized that there was something off with my experience that I was being put to, you know, to become famous or known in this community so fast, you know, just like Alana is starting to, you know, observe, you know, that suddenly thousands of people get to know me. Um, and so I observed how I have uh, connections with a group of the government that is called MUFON. MUFON is a, you know, a huge group of UFO disclosure, and there has been ties to them with the deep state government. And I have military experiences and deep state connections, you know, when I was a hybrid supporter and I was taken out of my body. I had astral experiences in which I was observing how they use my NK Ultra. If you all know what is, if you don't know what is MK Ultra, it's mind control, it's trauma-based mind control. I was having experiences with the hybrid program, great hybrid program, specifically the one that is advertised to be so love and light, you know, to be so high frequency, high consciousness. I was observing how my MK Ultra and my deep state experiences and MUFON and all of these agendas that are part of, you know, connected to deep state government agendas. They made a treaty with the great hybrids that are desiring so much to get in this planet and to bring the hybrid children here. And um, they were using me as a Trojan horse. And I was suffering and I was realizing that um, when I rejected my role as a Trojan horse, I well, started she's saying act. Trojan horse for people who don't understand. What she's Trojan meaning horse is just a way to. No, I know what it means, but just you're pronouncing it. So I just want people to understand what you're saying. Oh, Trojan. Okay. okay, so go so, ahead. Just finish and then yeah, we'll get sure. more coming. So yeah. I asked uh, one amazing channeler of the community, Rob McGothia, um, I asked, um, I had a session with him actually and his guides, which are not agenda-based. They are not necessarily hybrid grace supporters or these supporters or these other agenda supporters. They are not agenda-based. They have no interest in humanity going one way or another. So they are really pretty much like you know, in a zero point state of, you know, beingness. They don't necessarily support one group or another. So they helped me and they said, we are observing that the gray hybrids that you've been interacting with, which is, you know, again, not necessarily the ones who are the bad ones, not, no. The ones who are advertised and showing off publicly themselves as the highly super evolved people and even the ones connected to Bashar. 
the one that is so trendy right now and supporting they told me that they if they 100% were part of my encounter experience and that I was correct with all my statements and with all the information that I got from my ET contact that they are so agenda-based that they will do whatever it takes so they took him to my MKUltra experiences and they attacked me to the point that I almost died and I even went to the hospital and um yes and these are not the grades that are seen as super invasive and low value no these are the ones that are presenting okay. themselves into humanity greatly mm-hmm. you know worldwide yeah. as okay. being love and light and positive okay oh i don't know if we'll be able to heal this right here but vivian has something to say and then yeah. I think, and then we'll move yeah then we'll continue okay yes without the respect to you Marina, and i wish that you know you will be able to present and i can appreciate with the time zone um, and, and again, out of respect, it's not answering a question when Alan asks you, how does it, how we share with you some very powerful, loving guidance, and you go on and on about very heavy negative. I would like to propose that we change the direction of the panel because we're here to uplift and guide people and help them understand to get out of the fear paradigm. And what is happening right now is that there's a lot of fear energy generating and I'm not able to hold the frequency if you continue that way. So I would like well, to propose that we change directions. But do you, okay, that's great because I don't think we could really solve this issue with Marina now unless at some point you guys could get together and do something because, um, but I think for the general direction, we don't really know from this human perspective what's going on. Some people have a glimpse into some realities and other people don't. And there's a collision. And all we're trying to do here is find the best way to proceed proceed forward that's good for everyone. And I think that's changing direction. So everyone could be uplifted by this possibility. I think Tyler has his hand raised. Tyler, thanks for being here. And, yeah. Okay. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for all the sharings. Uh, it's really great to hear all these yeah. different insights. Marina, it's great to hear your story. I have heard stories uh, like your story. I had actually a channeling student who um, she tried astral projection sort of on her own. I didn't train her in it. She was just like, I'm going to try astral projection. And uh, you know, she made contact with a gray and uh, the gray essentially blasted her with you know a lot of negative energy. And she was so confused. And now she's really terrified of channeling it's it was it was unfortunate because uh i was her mentor for a little bit and i tried to be like well why don't we talk about what happened maybe there's something to unpack but it was so startling for her that it you know really turned her off to this whole thing how do we turn it all around how do we yeah well this is this is what i want to get into so i think when covid hit um and i know that's a loaded thing to talk about but it's really relevant to talk about when covid hit uh there was so much uh propaganda misinformation redirection and suspicious activity that I think it sort of traumatized people, even people in new age communities. And because we were having trouble trusting our governments, trusting our news sources, trusting physicians, I think all of that like paranoia got projected into the spiritual community. So I think a lot of spiritual people have 
started taking that same fear mentality and now they're projecting it into their astral experiences, their dream experiences, their spiritual experiences and spiritual communities. And I think it's caused a lot of division. And I don't think people realize just how traumatizing that time actually was. I think this sort of, um, you know, this side's good, that side's bad, this side's genuine, that side's lying, this side's truth, this side's manipulation. I think this is all a type of wound that COVID really punctured in people. And I think we're still recovering from that. Um, what I want to say about all of these different beings is, you know, these beings could be literal, actual beings, like 100%. There might be little gray people. There might be like tall blue amphibious beings from Sirius. There might be light being Pleiadian, right? Goddesses, right? This all might be like a genuine real thing. This also might be just our consciousness's way of interpreting uh, extra dimensional phenomenon that's just so different than our normal reality. We have to use symbols and pictures and images to make sense of it. Um, so I hold space for all of these things to be actual literal things. You know, I've had UFO experiences. I've seen craft physically with my eyes. So I, I hold space for there to be a literal dimension to all of this. But with a lot of this stuff, I also see it as symbol sets that we're designed to interpret. Just as when you look at an Anunnaki depiction, right? You're not looking at an actual extraterrestrial. You're looking at a bunch of symbols that humans are supposed to decode so they can understand the mind of a divine consciousness, right? It's not like an Anunnaki being is actually this bearded man with wings, right? It, that's a picture. So each of those things are symbol sets. And my hunch is a lot of these extra terrestrial beings that contact us really are, I don't know, I think the highest level of them are pure geometries, really, right? They're incomprehensible fractal geometries mm -hmm. that when they interact with us, use an astral filter that personifies them, right? So some of them will be personified, right? As some beautiful rainbow humanoid. Others will be personified, right? As an amphibious serious being. Some will be personified as a gray alien. I think that is probably closer to the truth than what many people postulate, which is that there's actually, you know, winged blue avian beings flying around. You know, that could be the case, on the astral plane, that's for sure the case. Like you can go to the astral plane, see all of these species, but you have to keep in mind the astral plane, that's the dream symbol realm. So this is a depiction, a translation of a higher dimensional phenomenon. I'm bringing all of this up because I think people can get sort of bogged down with all of the lore, with all of the myth, with all of the storyline connected to these uh, depictions of higher beings. The real purpose of these higher beings is to deliver higher information that humanity can use to uplift itself and move forward. That's the function these beings have. Are there some extra dimensional beings that are trying to pull humanity down? For sure, right? The Gnostics called them Archons, right? The Kabbalists called them Clip-Off, right? It's like this stuff, we're not the first people to experience that, right? This has been around. But the idea is, and this is a point you had brought up, Marina, it's like these things can be like these forces that almost lock you into a cyclical pattern. They lock you into some kind of trauma response through spiritual practice, magical techniques, meditational techniques. The idea is your soul grows and develops. You obtain um, energetic autonomy that allows for you to break the change that bind you to these types of intelligences. And that's kind of that idea of through augmenting or changing the inside and elevating one's consciousness, you can essentially transform these things. Because even a demon, this isn't something to like kill or destroy because a demon 
has both an internal and external level of relevance. We all have our inner demons, right? And if the inner demons on, are unmanaged, someone might be an alcoholic. Someone might be an abuser, right? But if that inner demon is conquered, that entity provides one with positive spiritual power. Because now all of that power that was causing dysfunction is able to serve one in constructively living their life. An inner demon will for sure attract some type of external force, right, that we would call like a demonic thing or an archonic thing. But really, once that inside paradigm is fully changed, the types of outer forces that are attracted will also change. So, you know, we're coming out of a world that sort of has worshipped these you know, lower extra dimensional things unconsciously, right? People glorifying money, you know, worldly power, uh, drugs, sex, whatever it is, right? None of those things are bad, but there's a cultural over glorification of all of it. And it creates this sort of hedonistic entity, right? And these are the things that pull people down into lower realms. So the spiritual autonomy is what allows for you to seek higher things. And this is when you make contact with your inner angels, right? What you might call your higher self, right? And this attracts higher external benevolent beings, right? Like positive ETs, positive extra dimensionals. And um, I just wanna remind people that the point of all of this stuff is evolution. I mean, that's the, the main point. And what I would say is be courageous and explore it. I mean, sure, we're hearing stories that these beings are like secret evil manipulators, sure. We're also hearing stories that like these beings have healed people, right? And have helped them stay alive right? We're, there's, we're, we're seeing both, right? So both on some level are real, right? There's some level of realness to both sides. So I would say, if you're watching this, be bold and experiment, you know, do it safely, right? Do it in a way that's structured and empowered and scientific so you can measure it, but don't take our words for it, right? Do it yourself, do it yourself, mm -hmm. call these beings in, become obsessed with it and see what happens, right? And be prepared to mm -hmm. shed any fears that you have, any limitations that you have that cause you to want to run away, right? Commit to this because ultimately nothing's going to ruin your life, right? Nothing is going to come out of the shadows and get you, right? This is like some old conditioning, right? Nothing's going to do that, right? You're in a reflective universe. We're in the hall of Amentes, right? As the Egyptians would say. So everything's you. So nothing's going to come out and get you. You might deal with some astral images that terrify you, I mean, I think everyone's been there at some point, you know, if you're exploring consciousness, you're going to see something hideous, but even that it's just your face in a mirror. So what's that hideous thing teaching you? I'm not trying to say if you explore this, you're going to experience just that you'll experience like, you know, multidimensional orgasmic beauty. I mean, you'll experience the highest of highs. So I would say, take what you've heard here and try it out. Try it on. See what happens. The worst that happens, you have some experiences you don't like. Great. Stop engaging in that way. Well, the best thing that happens, you find yourself. You know, you find you find a new dimension of yourself, and it excites you to move forward. It's the best thing that happens. You know, so those are some of my thoughts on this. Thank you. I want to get Neil and Joan in here because uh, I think they have another perspective. Yeah, you know, Neil. I appreciate that so much. I appreciate everyone, and I appreciate Marina's perspective, Geraldine, uh, Vivian, and all of it. But what, I, what I'm just hearing, and, and there, these experiences come in all sorts of forms, and each of us has our own experience with it. And I, and I really honor Marina for coming on and having the courage to say, this is my experience, and who am I, and who are we, to kind of even 
say things like, you know, we raise our vibration. We do raise our vibration. That's all that we, that is our life's work. I love Marina dearly. And at this particular moment of time, she is actually seeing other aspects and actually trying to bring some of that to our collective to also know that we have, you know, we have black and white. We have we have a good program. We have a bad program. Do we have discernment? And everyone should know that. Now, do we want to dwell on that today? Maybe not because we have other things, you know, we're, we're dealing with. But there is, you know, when I lived in Mexico, I started researching UFOs and people who had contact. And, and it turned out that all the Mexicans were having contact with with beings and some people call them demons some people call them et some people call them but but there was relationships so it's clear that we all here on this on this program have relationships with beings that we're working with and i say discernment is also required and yeah. i appreciate the courage marina you had in sharing that it's not all light and roses because we in this in this new age community want it to be light love roses and positivity every second. So I honor that hard to step up from this, but you know, we are evolving. We don't know any more than, than, than anyone else does except in our own experience. Right, right. That's good, Joan, because you're right. On one level, it's all a reflection. On another level, there's some unknown weird stuff out there that is reflecting an unknown part of ourselves that is, can be shocking and staggering. I was going to say also uh, working with Barbara Lamb, I've uncovered that the, I guess the pre-me, you know, before the walk-in, uh, that there had been a lot of contact. Um, now in my life and with the beings that I work with in my collective, I can say I've been very, very blessed. I've never had, you know, the negative experiences like you have, Marina, in my heart you know, goes out to you. And I'm really sorry you're having to go through that. Why? I don't know. But um, I just know that for me, working with my beings, it's always been positive. I've had wonderful experiences. Even when I've gone on the ship one time, I was like, hi, no, hi, you know, kind of thing when it was coming down. And I was, they, when the door opened, they said, you don't have to come. And I'm like, well, of course I want to go. And so, you know, my experiences are very, very different than a lot of people's. But apparently contact is something that had occurred in my family. My parents, my grandmother has seen ships, my, uh, had missing time. I've had quite a bit of missing time myself. Uh, my children have had missing time. So what's happening, um, Barbara's helping me to recover those types of things so more to come on that front but my dad um you know my whole family has seen has seen craft so no doubt there was a generation there i don't have those memories that i could share uh so it's really nice to hear jimmy that you are starting that integration process with that aspect of your life So, um, um, okay, anyone, uh, do you want to respond uh, to people, Marina? Love to. You'd love to, okay. Okay, but um, can, you, can you respond in a way where 
you can help people go to a new level of understanding, you know, and, and, and move beyond the drama in a sense, you know, because I think you can. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, what I wanted to say in response is that um, um, I think, first of all, I think everyone's sharing their perspective and I really appreciate um, uh, how you try to support me because I really need support. So thank you all. Uh, it's great to have your perspectives and thank you, John, for understanding that it is really important to talk about these things. And it, that's really what I want to go in. That's, that's really where I wanted to go. Um, there's a thing in our spiritual community that is um, something that I received as a download that I felt that I needed to teach others. And it's that we are moving past the deep masculinity that there has been in this planet to a more feminine frequency, right? Uh, and this is happening on a global level. But um, this is a process that needs to balance and recalibrate all the time the natural balance in between an equilibrium between the divine masculine and the divine feminine. So there has been people that um, have taken the path of uh, like the divine feminine way too strongly to a degree that they have forgotten the divine masculine. Why do I mean with this? What I mean with this is that the divine feminine would teach us all, all these higher understandings that we need to move on from negative fears, from negative narratives, from negative this, negative that, and stop focusing on it because it's low vibration, because it's based on a negative belief. It's great because it's it's a teaching that is valid and it's it's a teaching. It teaches that we're meant to move away from all these negative aspects of ourselves. But the divine masculine is being forgotten in our community. And the divine masculine without the divine feminine or the divine feminine without the divine masculine means destruction, means that you're not getting into that point of integrity because there's something missing. So people that will wait to feminine and say, oh no, that's that's negative. Let's not move into that direction because we need to focus on the positive and we need to integrate, are, for, are forgetting that the, there is a great importance in the divine masculine. And the divine masculine is, meant, is the one that is responsible for taking a look right now at our exopolitics and our narrative and our history, our current circumstances and observing that there are things that they're just simply off and that we need to take focus on it and to take importance into it and to reveal it and to look at it as it as what is and and take empowerment and and place boundaries and say no and learn as a human species that we're really young at this point because we'll, we have been so traumatized that saying no is really important too so, for example, in my case, if I had had negative experiences with grace and ETs, I know my my feminine divine self knows exactly what to do in terms of the guidance of you have to integrate, you have to let go of the negative beliefs, you have to, you know, let go of these etc fears traumas etc. But the divine masculine is also needed, and that is something that I that I am doing that i'm taking part into these conversations and and, and lately into my disclosure um and, you know uh contributions that the divine masculine is also very needed and is here to tell us that it's also very important and that we as a species that are so vulnerable we need and have been so vulnerable for thousands of years and is still progressing 
and going into our teenage phase of revolution into the age of maturity. We need that divine masculine to also be part of the play, to be part of the experience. And that is the one who opens the eyes and say, hey, Yes, many teachings about involving, you know, evolving and integrating and saying that this is fear-based and everything, but we are being attacked from this part. We are getting manipulated from this other side. We need to say no. We need to take our integrity and learn to say no and create boundaries and empower ourselves as a species. Because even the most evolved Pleiadians that are super light, love, and super feminine vibration and focusing on super positive things have wars. Why do they have a military program if they are so evolved? Because polarity and duality still exists as a law, you know, as a constant of the universe, because there's always an evolution going on. So even the very high frequency Pleiadians and Arturians and, and I don't know, Syrians have their own military programs to defend themselves against other beings that are trying to take advantage from them, because they even they have to make that balance between the divine masculine and the divine feminine. That's a great point, Marina. I think you're absolutely right. Neil, you wanted to jump in there because we need the divine masculine, the the male energies to balance the the negative males that have dominated, but also the the feminine that has um, forgotten Mm -hmm. the masculine. That's what I think. So yeah, Neil, please. Yeah, I was just listening. I wasn't going to jump in, but since you asked me, I'll go yeah. ahead and say some things. Please. So yeah, I, I completely agree with that. You know, when I, I remember when I first started doing events many, many like over like 12, 13, 14 years ago, I put on a return of the divine feminine conference, right? I did it for three years in a row, two day event. And, um, and then like come 2010, 2011 or 20, 2011, 2012, I had this realization that we've been focusing so much on the return of the divine feminine is also the return of the divine masculine. And because the, a wounded masculine has really taken a hold of this planet. Um, we've kind of just balanced that. We just kind of look at the masculine energy in general as being one of destruction and damage because it's been doing that for so long. So we neglect to realize that um, the divine masculine comes from a place of empowerment, you know, and that would be a completely different experience than what we've had here on the earth. So the benefit of the return of the divine feminine is the divine feminine inspires the divine masculine to come and then we have a beautiful dance of Sheila, Shiva and Kali, you know, and um, and that's what it's all about is really having that that balance here. And even if you look at ancient cultures, ancient civilizations, you know, they say that the Lemurian civilization was predominantly feminine energy, you know, the Atlantean one, divine masculine energy, but both of those became wounded. So, yes, I agree. It is time to bring both of those energies back and boundaries and all that. You know, this is a completely I'm having this conversation, not even talking about the hybrid agenda in general, I'm just talking about general for earth and human experience here. It's really good to, to bring that balance. And a lot of times that, um, that want for that, that divinity from the masculine and the feminine is, is manipulated in order to take it to an extreme to distort that energy. So we need to really use our discernment to see the distortions that are going on um, under the guise of being something that's beneficial for all of humanity. And that's where I feel, you know, I feel these conversations. When you look out in the world, you see a lot of chaos and like extremity going on, but I'm just hopeful that it's inevitable where we're ascending. And part of that is that we're going to have to go through a lot of, these um traumas and to release them just like we spoke about yesterday when you when you die and you have your life review we're having a life review on earth as we live 
you know, because we're about to take our bodies into this dimension with us. Yeah, no, great, Neil. I think it's important to have these difficult conversations where people express the the deep angst of being a starseed, being an incarnate, being with the forces that have controlled this planet to such an abusive rate that, you know, we it's not all light and love. We're still stuck in the matrix. And we as a collective of, of people are trying to find our way through this um, old form so we can create, be the new beings of an unlimited possibility. So Geraldine, I know you have a lot to say about this because this is some of your work you're doing. Um, yeah, so please add to the whole idea of divine feminine, divine masculine, and the other aspects of the star seeds that need, that are evolving here. Um, I completely uh, relate with what Marina has experienced, is experiencing right now, because I also experienced similar thing in the very beginning. And um, I think one of the most powerful moments was when, at the moment of the deep rock bottom of feeling this uh, imbalanced feminine and masculine aspect of my own self, I ended up uh, attracting these kinds of parasitic, not just attracting, manifesting and experiencing and you know, being involved in those things. So the moment that I reached that rock bottom, uh, that's when uh, I, I realized that uh, there, was, there was the ability to shift and redirect uh, the attention in such a powerful way that immediately uh, it transformed from literally one day to the next uh, what I was experiencing, and then I solidified that transformation over a series of years uh, by creating a very solid foundation. So, um, talking about the feminine and masculine, how you solidify that foundation, again, it's by creating that harmony. When we look at nature and we look at how it exists harmoniously in perfect balance, this is the kind of harmony that we want to create inside of our bodies. The feminine and masculine aspect of ourselves, all dualistic aspects of ourselves that are existing in this three-dimensional dualistic multiverse, in, all, in many dimensional layers, as we talked about, these parasitic experiences are both dualities that exist in all dimensional layers. We are kind of cycling through many, many uh, levels. We become aware of ourselves in all these dimensional levels in which we have to learn how to find that harmonious balance and be able to navigate in those dimensional layers. And I think that this is where we come to that zero point of neutrality where we are no longer, um, you know, swaying from one way to the other. We, we are the center of the cyclone, of that vortex, which allows us to be able to navigate higher levels because we enter into that bliss state, which is not positive and it's not negative. It's neutrality. It's zero point. We become all and nothing at once. And I experience personally through the deepest fears um, and even life-threatening experiences to get into that point and then nothing can touch you in any dimensional layer. Um, so, you know, I think that the work of the feminine and masculine is actually the core essence, not just of our own evolution spiritually, but especially when we're talking about ET contact. Because I work with people every day 
that have parasitic experiences that are terrified for their life and we work on bringing them back to the center of empowerment to remembering themselves in such a powerful way that they recall themselves as source again and now begin to gently shift vibrational frequency in order to begin to experience another level and guess what when you get to that other level you're going to do the same thing. You're going to, you have to experience the dualistic aspects of this and find your center again. And this is ever evolving. So, you know, the idea and romanticizing spirituality that we reach a certain point and you're done, you're good. This is the ever, ever um, process of evolution that through ET contact, as we continue, we're going to be meeting more aspects of ourselves, different kinds of beings, different kinds of contact. And we have to learn how to return to the center in all these experiences. So this is how I see that. Wow, great. No, that's great. But um, Vivian, there are conflicts on this planet, obviously. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. So um, how, how does one confront conflicts from your perspective and... Um, you know, deal with the stuff that's bothering us, you know, because your civilization has been through that out the other side, but still has some aspects here. Absolutely. And all of the above, and I really want to send so much, so much love to everyone, because we are the voices of many. How many light workers, contactees, star seeds have gone through so much difficult, very hard beginning? whether it's through obstacle whether it's through infiltration whether it's through you know dark energy i mean on myself i can tell you the moment i set foot on the planet the dark force energy going oh an octarian being on the planet oh we're not happy about that and i'm like well what else is new and we know that but you know it's just i have learned tremendously from my own journey and listening to everyone's journey whether it's Geraldine, marina I mean, Sheila Neal, I mean, all of us have gone through a very, very unique journey. And I too hear that a lot with my clients. And I want to bring it outside of the earth plane is that any grand enlightened galactic civilizations, like the Andromedan or the Lyrans or, you know, the Octurians, you have to think about they have gone through millions of years of history and evolution process to being able to go through duality, opposition, learning, conflict, unification. But ultimately, all of us, all of us, no exception, is that the invitation is to return to that grand unification with the with creator of all there is we're returning that there's nothing fantasy about it there's nothing romance about this we are finally returning to identify to our profound nature and to do that we need to address our journey the way it is whether you're still oscillating through conflict is to look in terms of how can we do how can you get the help the assistance to get you out of that paradigm of conflict and being able to resolve this i like the point of neutrality the zero point it is it's a point of integration i mean i can tell you i can keep you for two hours on this call just to talk to you about everything i've gone through since the moment i was a baby on and how much the dark light polarity has attempted to stop 
my mission. You, you will not believe it. Well, I choose to talk about it in a different light that is still inspirational. That still bring teaching, wisdom, tools to help everyone who are going through so many challenges, all of us. And being able to have an example to lean on to says, you know what? I like your light. I like your courage. And I want to being able to see that accurate in myself. Remember that any enlightened civilizations are as their own history that they learn from. But what is important is that we are conscious, present, and we're learning from it in order to be able to move past those repetitive paradigm. No, 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 no wonder we are here today together to help all of us in being able to bring an entire civilizations on the next level of their spiritual divine evolution. So can we learn from our past? Yes. But the same time is how do we choose to integrate them? How we choose to talk about them that still carry higher frequency of inspiration that give everyone the empowerment, the courage to says, I'm going to go through looking at the shadow aspect, regardless of what level it is, and being able to integrate them. And I am choosing to move past a certain paradigm. That means that the dialogue, how we talk about it needs to change. And I know we talked about changing the language behind it. That's also changing the, the frequency and the vibration behind it. So this is why on my journey, even though I gone through the dark polarity in ways that you wouldn't even imagine, I choose to talk about my journey in a different light because of what I have learned in being able to extrapolate that wisdom that really helps people understanding their journey and move beyond. And, and I think that today when we talk about love, but love is the ultimate substance that is the omnipotence, omni-intelligence energy that carry everything through regardless of where we are in the multiverse and regardless of what octave of light we're at or what level of plane of existence we are vibrating at. It's not disregarding love as a concept in this 3D reality, but to returning to the infinity of love as a virtue that is the ultimate substance of all. Of all. And that would be the energy that would like to simply leave you with today. But Vivian, just just to make a point, you, you have suffered because you came and you confronted a lot of intense battles. And how do you deal with that? I mean, yeah, you can turn around for love, but what's the process? We're all trying to understand how to confront the matrix. And I think I think Jones, the realist here, she she acknowledges that part. But how do you go through it and get to love because you know yeah we all want love but you know we we have these roadblocks sometimes to that so how did you do it yes yeah. great question we do all, all roadblocks absolutely and it's just to how we chose i could have chose to stay feeling so defeated in that energy and i would have stayed in that paradigm of to feel what's the point of me being on the planet because there's too many roadblocks and love, again, is not a feeling. It's a state of beingness. And where to get it, it's right inside of you. It's right into the core of your being. And more than anything else is today is to remember 
the very essence, the fabric of your being that allows you to say, I choose to step up. I choose differently. I choose to raise. I had raging battle in my kitchen because the reptilian was battling affection of the draconian to see who's going to claim me because they wanted me so badly. And that's real fact. You know, I mean, it's like, and then of course there's assistance. The thing is that ultimately what it reminded me is who I truly am beyond being a nocturne being in the human form, beyond living on this 3D, beyond the polarity field is ultimately who am I? And I can tell you, we have so much more power within ourselves it's just we need to clear out those paradigms those stories the same thing that we want to heal from but we repeat them over and over and over again we need to change the dialogue to change the language behind it and to recognize that love is the ultimate substance of your being just feel it this is who we are and it become a choice to live that way. It become a choice to become the embodiment of this every day. Let me tell you this. When you are sleeping and you have a very intense, deep nightmare, it's terrible. You're stuck. And then somebody comes in your room and turn on a light, says, hey, wake up, come back to your light. Everything starts to shift. You go like, mm-hmm. oh, you come back in your body and you realize that you were stuck in a reality that convinced you that you have to stay there. Mm. All you have to do is turn on the light and then mm. it shifted completely, not without diminishing how we go through everything. I really have the greatest compassion. You have no idea how much I feel about all of us right now. I really do. What we're saying is that let's bring it to another level to be able to deal with this. I do this for a living every single day, and I see life being transformed. It's just, it is written our reach right here, right now. It really well, is. We're trying to work through it. We are. So, yeah. wait, so Tyler, yeah, were you going to say something? Thank you. Unmute, unmute one more time. Unmute, Tyler. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, that was great. I, I love all of uh, what I have heard. There's a lot of great exploration we've all really dove into tonight uh tonight for me because it's real because it's not philosophy and i let's keep it real with that yeah but so yeah sorry what we can say sure sure well i think the main thing that people need in order to be able to transcend uh this duality in the way that we're talking about is it and i'm kind of old school but a disciplined spiritual practice that is uh consistent um because these these energy patterns, right, that cause us to be triggered or that cause us to unconsciously attract painful things or dysfunction. These are patterns that are tangible, right? These are uh, energetic substances and geometries that exist within the aura, right? So the aura is what people call in law of attraction, the vortex. So if these patterns are present within someone's energy body, someone's life externally and internally is going to revolve around those patterns. So learning how to transform uh, these negative geometries into harmonious ones is essential. So ceremonial high magic teaches this using pentagram rituals to banish and transform negative elemental geometries that cause us dysfunction on a more physical level. So we think of patterns that would cause disease, right? Or sickness, right? Pentagram rituals are very useful for this. For more psychological stuff, right? Emotional energy, um, this is something hexagram rituals, right? The next level up 
on the planetary sphere would be great for, right? So ancient systems, these are golden dawn techniques, but ancient systems have processes for this. In Buddhism, a bliss and compassion, they don't see this as something like you just have and it's omnipresent throughout your experience. It's within all of us as a seed of potential, but it has to be cultivated, right? We have to train the heart to be open. In Taoism, we take that love energy and we systematically move it through the organs of the body to charge your bones, your organs, your cells with this substance. So you accumulate more of this positive spiritual energy and it changes these geometric patterns and then it liberates you from them. So these unconscious geometric patterns don't determine the course of your life. And people would call that a life that is uh, bound by fate, right? It was their fate that things unfolded this way. But when you transform these negative geometries through practice, you then allow for yourself to access your destiny, which is completely entangled with free will, right? Destiny is something you're choosing, you're creating from a place of sovereignty. But you can only really do that if you know yourself, because the self is the ultimate power source. So in my opinion, and in my experience, it's super important to have a very dedicated practice where you are cultivating these things. Um, this is why monks, right, retreat from society, right? Because they are just dedicating their lives to this type of alchemical process. Now, for most of us, that's not realistic, right? I don't know about you. I'm not trying to go to a cave for 40 years, right? I like being right, a man of the world. I like being here. But I have to make a compromise, right? I have to negotiate with myself. For me, that means for at least an hour every day, I'm doing some type of spiritual practice, right? Ideally, I'm doing two to three hours of this mm -hmm. on a daily basis. My life is organized in a way where that's possible. And just as you were saying, Vivian, right? It's like, this is what I do for a living, right? So it's like, I have the luxury of being able to do that. And it's very nice. Um, but for most people, especially folks that are listening, if you're really busy, maybe you have kids, maybe you have to go to a nine to five, 15 minutes, 15 minutes of practice will serve you. Try out the lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, right? Do that every day for a month. See what happens, right? It'll take you about 10 minutes. Try the Taoist inner smile, right? Smile to your five major organs. See what happens. Do that every day for five minutes for a month and just watch how your life changes. You know, you can cultivate spiritual virtue, right? Mm -hmm. We are all stars, right? We are all divinity. We are all source. And our job here is to really just awaken that, awaken the God and the goddess within you and feed it, right? Give it an offering. Let that offering be your time and your attention yeah. and your focus. And you will blossom, you know? You can live a very blissful life. Doesn't mean you'll be, let's just say, free of experiencing negativity. It just means how you experience it will be different. You could experience it in a more neutral way where there's spaciousness between you and that stimuli, thus allowing for you to respond to the negative stimuli with intelligence. Mm -hmm. And that's what alchemizes it. You respond to it in a way that is wise, virtuous, and doesn't feed into whatever the abyss is that that negativity is trying to drag you into, right? You don't have to go that way. You can look at that and say, well, hmm, what's this teaching me? How can I respond to it? And hey, use energy work. I use energy work all the time, like in the moment when I'm dealing with, right? Some negative frequencies, right? All the time, especially if you're living in public, right? Use the skills, right? Be that shaman, that mystic. You can do it. You just got to put in the time. And that's how I would advise people, you know, move forward with this type of self-mastery. This is probably the only place Marina could share something like this with people who really understand what she's getting at so it's what a community 
is about, right, Sheila? So, um, let, let Marina, go ahead. You had your hand up. Yeah. Sure, thank you. Um, and thank you, everyone. I appreciate your especially insights. I think it's really important that everything that everyone right now gives their own piece of information. And I think that's the point. And that is something that I wanted to remind people of. Uh, something that I came to learn is that, you know, everybody's talking about internal work, internal work, like internal, you know, individual like, integration. Because after all, everyone projects their reality from their own individual self, you know. It's how it is. And then it projects and manifests a different collective consciousness. That is how it works. And we all know this. Uh, but something that the universe or God let me understand or talk to me is that the universe is not monotonous. The universe is not unidirectional. What I mean with this? What I mean with this is that we are all going into the same fashion of getting over things, getting over, you know, transcending polarity, transcending, you know, drama, etc. And we all get the teaching that we need to do internal work and, you know, individual like uh, spiritual work and integrate and that's it. And suddenly you get out of all the drama and all of these narratives. And what I came to understand is that, yes, you are one with everyone and you are, uh, let's say, an individual empowered self that is sovereign against, you know, I mean, in, in difference with everyone else. But you're also one with your own species, and you're also one with the whole collective of the galaxy. So this internal work of inner transformation is something that you also have to do in a larger scale, in a collective way. And what do I mean with this? I mean that this kind of things that, oh, I had a negative experience, but I get to integrate it, so now I don't have these negative experiences. That is a great thing to go over things. You know, that is what I've been doing for years. But what I came to understand, since I didn't get any way to solve my situation just with integration, is that um, uh, I was not getting too integrated fully because there was a piece missing. And that piece that was missing is that we are one. So the work that and the processes that need to be done and need to be addressed in order for this balance and integrity to come over, it's... Uh, um, to also expose things to the surface because we are a growing species. So we're always interacting as a collective. We need to talk with each other about our inner experiences, whether it's drama or positive. We, just, we, we can't just let the drama inside and supposed to go inside and do all the work and then say, boom, you know, I'm done with all the drama. Now I can come out to the public and say, that's it. I did my work and now I only have positive words and positive teachings and positive perspectives. No, we are also grown as a species and there are people that need to hear the part of the drama, the part of the things that are not aligned with source because we are not just evolving individually. We're evolving a, as a collective. So we are interacting with other collectives. Other, our collective is also evolving on, on its own. So the drama needs to be not. The drama needs to be exposed. The drama, even though you need to do your own internal work, needs to be exposed to the service of the collective because the collective has also to do their own collective work. And that's the point, that we are a very young species right now, very vulnerable. We have, we've been so manipulated that it is 
very important and needed that we start to expose things, to talk about the drama, to talk about the things that are not in alignment so that we can all work together and not just come individually into this state of, you know, integrity, but collectively. And again, that's why the Pleiadians, the Arturians, the Syrians, the really highly evolved beings have military programs. Because even well, them at a collective level need to defend themselves and bring the divine masculine and learn to say no mm-hmm. and acknowledge the drama, the narrative. Well, we'll get back to that. I know Vivian has to go. And Vivian, I just also had a quick question for you. When you're torn between the reptilian and the draconian and you say, oh, yeah, do you just like say, oh, yeah, what about love? I mean, it seems a lot more intense, you know, because then just, oh yeah, I forgot love. I mean, so talk about that and then say whatever you needed to say. And and we'll get back to this drama in a moment, but yes. Well, it is your choice to stay in a drama energy if you choose to. There's something about uh-huh. the Octarian talk about is called spiritual maturity. And that comes with time and experience. And as a way to talk about how, what we are going through our experiences in a way that still uplift everyone, that still invite everyone to be able to do the work, whether it's individually and collectively. And that comes with time, with experience, because that's something that we teach a lot, spiritual maturity to become also the self-mastery. If I haven't been on this path for a very long time, whatever conflict I have witnessed, whatever situation I have encountered, whether it's conferences, whether it's on a travel, whether it's at home, whether it's theoretically, whether it's emotionally, then I wouldn't be able to speak the way I speak today. So yes, we need to clear what we need to clear. But then again, ask yourself, what is it that I'm also co-creating and influencing others with? What is my intention by sharing all of this drama? Is it supported by spiritual maturity and heart connection? That would be just my beautiful word of wisdom. My client has arrived. I have a healing session coming in. Can you just tell us how do you get out of the draconian reptilian struggle that you were in the middle of? And I'm just curious because you you just said, I mean, what did you do in that moment? Okay, sorry. Okay. No, just very quickly, because I want to honor my client here who has arrived in my healing space. Well, very quickly, it is simple. I have chose none because that was their conflict. That was their drama. And I stay in my light. I invoke my great council of light. And I told the Octarians, I am here on a great mission of love and light and beyond. And it sounds to be very simplistic, but believe me, it is a really high level of frequency of mission a very high level and what i did is i chose none of this mm-hmm. i was simply looking in a parallel and i asked for higher intervention to clear that out of my reality to clear that out of my power right away and i can tell you it was done running from my eyes i saw my kitchen coming back to a normal 3d kitchen at night and says okay now i'm gonna go back to bed and that's the end of it I refuse yeah. to partake to their conflict because they want to claim a nocturne being as their own. And I've made it very, very clear with them. I had different, several meetings with both, both parties. And I said, no, if you want to, we can help you go back to the light and go back to your enlightenment. Otherwise, I refuse to partake to your, to your paradigm. And that has shifted a lot of things. But again, there's mm-hmm. ways to talk about all of this 
that still maintain everyone in a higher vibrational state. So be mindful of what you put out there because you co-creating all of us, we can co-create waves of disharmonic energy while we're thinking that it's a good way to talk about it because we need to heal and clear it. There are ways to approach this. Stay in your light, everyone. Stay in your light. Remember, you are far more powerful that you give yourself credit for. And we are holding you in your highest light as always. We're here to be of service and we're here to continue our journey. It's mm. been a, my privilege to be here today. Thank you so much, everyone. Vivian, thank you so much. Of course, much love and we shall see you very soon. Sheila, oh, Sheila, you've been kind of quiet tonight. Are you just taking it all in? I mean, no, you have a lot to say because you dealt with a lot of stuff to get to that sort of side of bliss that you seem to be living on. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I have a lot to say. I've, I've, I'm honestly taking it all in. Um, I'm, I'm listening to all the different perspectives, but I went through, you know, a very, very dark night of the soul when I, you know, when I first came in, not knowing who I was, being in a marriage with a person I didn't recognize, going through the divorce, having all of those type, very human type dark night of the soul until I realized who I was. And then it was the acknowledgement. And then it was my accepting who I was, then believing who I was and trying to move through that with um, understanding because I had no foundation for that. But what I learned was that going deep within, facing those inner demons, learning how to set boundaries allowed me to move through a lot of things. Marina, I can't even begin to fathom, honey, what you're going through. You know, my heart just goes out to you. I can't imagine that. You know, I've, I have to say, being here, I've had a very, very idyllic life. Um, you know, very blessed. I have dreams where angelic beings will come in and, you know, I don't have to, I'm not dealing with the dark side, whether I've already dealt with that in other dimensions, whether I'm dealing with it and I have total blank recall I, you know, I don't know, but I know for me, learning to set those boundaries, learning to, you know, have, like Tyler was referring to, have those spiritual practices that you can drop into, find that place of centeredness. That's how I try to move through life, to move through that place of whether you want to call it zero point or soulfulness, that place of balance. Am I successful all the time? No, I am not successful. However, having the skills allows me to always bring myself back to that place. Wow. Thank you. So the skills that you self-cultivated through your own experience, huh? Yes. And learning to, as I said, learning to set those boundaries for myself. When I was in that dark night of the soul and not knowing who and then discovering who I was, then accepting who I was, then believing who I was, and then having the courage to come out and say, okay, I'm going to write this book. You know, 
I mean, I guess the worst thing that's happened to me is I've had people to tell me I'm demonically possessed and, you know, it's like, uh, you know, those kinds of things. And, you know, for those people, you know, I tried to, to write a nice letter to them and just let let that type of thing go. But for me, I have this drive and this intermission and I work solely through my collective until I'm working in my humanness 100%, which does not serve me. But when I am in that soulfulness and I remember who I am, then I'm able to move through life with power. And I have, you know, I have so much joy and so much, you know, so much light. And, you know, I just, I love this life. Mm, beautiful, Sheila. Thank you. And you're creating what you love. You're creating the yeah. community you love and you're doing it really well. And oh, thank you. Uh, Marina, did you have something you wanted to say before Vivian left, right? Sorry, we didn't get to you, but uh, you can say it now. Yes. I felt that she was um, sending out um, indirectly messages about uh, how I was supposedly choosing to stay in the drama instead of doing spiritual work towards the spiritual maturity, which I believe is something that is um, quite, I, I don't want to really say it this way, but um, I feel offended because I don't a lot of work inside. I work a lot towards the spiritual maturity and this kind of teachings that I'm bringing in right now and information is not just coming from me and my own ego and my own drama. It's things that are coming from the collective, from the universe, from my own ET contacts as a thing that is a necessary step to, in order to move forward. Why? Because it says, don't focus on the drama, otherwise you are choosing to stay in drama. But um, my point and my teaching is that exposing the drama that is happening on a higher level not just individually because that way we get to you know inside get to interiorize everything and forget about that we are one with collective and and that's the point that i did before that we need to work together to towards that path of integrity of the collective integrity um we need to expose the drama to because when you expose it, you acknowledge it. And acknowledgement is the first step towards the process of a spiritual work and integrity. And we need to do it not only individually, but also collectively, because we're one, because we are one. So a way in which she was saying, uh, let's just not say that, let's, you know, take care of why, why are you saying that or how are you saying that because that's, you know, influencing neg negatively people. I think that is something that is really common in the days right now of the spiritual community and new age, which is a spiritual bypassing. Right. We use the spiritual high elevated teachings to spiritually bypass and kind of like invalidate people's experiences and um, kind of like disassociate them from the collective as if, as if their individual experiences didn't have to do anything with the collective current experiences. And do you know what happens when drama does not get a knowledge and a higher perspective globally, you know, on, you know, all around collectively? What happens is that then the collective agrees that we need to kind of like assemble a 
really negative impact in our collective and uh, in, in, in the perspective of the narrative of the surface so that we all can look at all that trauma that we that it is prone within the dni of the collective within the dni frequency let's say signature of the collective and that, then is when we have pandemics going on then when that that's when we have wars going on that's when these big things happen to us not because we are choosing to stay in a drama but because we're choosing not to look at the drama, because the dramas are to be looked at, to be acknowledged, to bring yeah. empowerment, to say no, to evolve and to take the next step, which is the spiritual, you know, the divine masculine, learn to say no, place the boundaries against these different beings. And then when that step is done, then we can also work with the divine feminine and say, I want to integrate this. I understand this is a reflection of me. I now that I empower myself and I said no and I acknowledge the tr the the drama and I expose it and I finger point it now it's time to look within and do the inner work so both aspects are needed so no I'm not choosing to stay in the drama I'm choosing to acknowledge it and move on I I have to say I do see Neil I, I see both sides of that Neil what were you going to say because I think that's yeah. a really valid point that is there is a spiritual bypass that does happen in this community. And there is love that can sometimes transcend it. But Neil, I'll get back to it. Neil, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, let's just all take a moment real quick. I just want to tune into what I want to say, but I'm going to take a deep breath if you want to join me. So the understanding is the word drama, first of all, just to break down the word drama. The word drama neutrally just means things happening or occurring, right? And to say that there isn't really any drama is to say that the story of humanity and all of the interactions and all the DNA things that occurred didn't take place. There's been drama. This happened. Now, what Marina is saying is that, you know, we need to wake up to the fact that a lot of wrongs have been done to us. But... And then on one level, others would be saying that, well, actually, the bigger picture is this all happens for a reason. Well, the fact is, the truth almost always lies somewhere in between. It's the, the reality is that if we, if we really wake up to these truths and we hold these people accountable, but also operate from a place of stillness in the zero point, we can take informed action to make actual changes rather than coming from emotional traumas and emotional reactions. We've been in a reactory state for so long. The first step is waking up to the truth that a lot of things that happened to us and a lot of these conspiracies that have occurred to humanity are actually real, right? And now that that happens, what is the next step? The next step is to go through this dark night of the soul, the shadow work that makes you realize how this matrix has been created that eventually could take you to a place of inner peace when you see the bigger picture. So both, uh, you said, Alan, like both, sides are completely valid now in regards to spiritual bypassing um you know i've been doing this event since 2008 pre-2012 there was um a lot of people that were literally just waiting for that date and felt that we were going to basically ascend of the planet including myself actually so and then when i after that date i started realizing a lot more people became much more grounded and started realizing that this process is is a process not it can happen overnight but we're not going to put all of our energy into the the belief that oh, we're just going to keep going forward like we are and overnight we're all going to ascend. The bypassing I've noticed has been cut down um, 
exponentially, or I guess the opposite of exponentially, it's been divided infinitely into the fact that a lot of people now, there's a common understanding is the shadow work, not neglecting the darkness. There, you know, and everybody has their own role. So the, I think there's enough people involved in the fact that you need to do the shadow work. It's literally like just um, the cornerstone of the movement at this point is really confronting the darkness. And then there's those out there that are there to really be ushering people in after they do the shadow work. Now, I don't feel either side should be saying the other side is incorrect because each side is doing their role perfectly and they don't need to get involved in what the other person is doing right. unless they're trying to work it out together, you know? So, so yeah, anyway, just to wrap that up a bit, and I, I would say like a mantra would be, I acknowledge it happened to me. I acknowledge it happened the way it should be. And I choose not to experience that anymore. And let's make some change happen, you know? So that's, that's all I want to share right there. But, but I think it's important to talk about it because it is a collective field. The matrix has, is not dismantled as some new age people like to think, oh yeah, it's all great. We have to still look at the intense interactions that are happening here until we're all free. All of us are free. If one person like Marina is suffering, it is affecting the field because we're all connected to that field and she may be living out an aspect of our dramas that we're not even acknowledging so um i think well, it's, one more, it's, one more thing yeah, yeah. i actually yeah, yeah. forgot to say yeah i think i might have said actually a lot of humanity and earth are not awake to this stuff so the real the way they're going to wake up is going to be seeing it as the drama at first and really even maybe being angry at what's happened. You know, that's what happened to me. I went down eight years of anger before I even like shifted to realize the bigger picture, but I don't really, um, I don't discredit or wish I didn't go through that because that gave me the realization of what has happened, what, you know, how the history was rewritten all over the, over and over how we were, um, you know, manipulated to believe certain things. I understand we were supposed to feel that way, but that is what really got me in or into the spiritual realm in the first place. Mm. Yeah, I want to hear what Joan has to say, because she is, like I said before, the realist. She's dealt with it. She, she's not afraid to open her mouth and say the truth. And and you're so good at that, Joan, really, 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 because you're, you're not afraid of conflict either. So I think that's okay. You know, we live on this planet Earth, not an easy place to be. In fact, it had, comes with so many challenges and obstacles. We're lucky we're standing upright half the time. Okay, we're honestly, we're lucky that we had breakfast this morning, a roof over our head, and, and it's a difficult planet. So we have that to deal with. Then they send us down here and they don't even, they take our memory away. So we have to figure out our memory. Then some of us happen to have hostile families that don't want us to speak the truth. So, you know, my parents put me in a closet. I ran away at three years old. Now, I, I will say the following. As you get older, you learn to feel differently about everything. Like I told Neil and I, I wanted to do, Neil, the other day, I want to do some consciousness raising work together. But I don't want to look at the past anymore. I just want to look at how I can raise my frequency to connect with the beings that I want to connect with. So that's all I can say. You know, we all coming from very, the fact that we're awake and having this chat is a miracle. I want to say that I'm talking to Geraldine and Sheila and you and Marina, and we're talking about our experiences with extraterrestrial contact. 
that some of us have had since childhood. Look, some of the things we're saying, I was terrorized by that whole concept of, of I, I didn't sleep till I was many years ago. It just wasn't, I haven't, I started sleeping again about 12 years ago. That's how traumatized I was until I learned. So I have a, a perspective of we're all going through what we're supposed to to get stronger in the end. In the end, Marina's going to be stronger as a channel for what she's doing. And all of us are going to be stronger. Neil, mm. that's, mm. you know, that's right. it. That's my, that's my two cents on it, you know? I think Marina's pretty incredible. She's 20 year, 21 years old. She's so smart. And she has found the, the courage and the strength in herself to come forward and speak her truth. And, you know, people can agree or not agree and everyone has their own perspective, but that will open doorways, I think, to an even deeper presence of mind that you have, Marina. So it's sort of like, I feel you're going through a passageway mm-hmm. and yeah, there's demons and, and not nice things along that, but you're, you're, you're standing up for yourself. May Thank I pose you. a question to the panel and we go completely different direction. All right. Yeah. And let's do this. Okay. Let's get a little technical now, you know, technical. <laughs> I'm hungry. So, okay. She's hungry. So this should be our last question. I guess. Okay. Yes. All right. So let's, okay, so we have a supermassive black hole in the center of our galaxy. We're rotating around it. Um, mainstream science is now saying that there's something in the center of our universe and our galaxy is rotating around it. Kind of like how above, as above, so below for the cellular, the nucleus, you know, basically looks like a solar system that on the subatomic level, all the way to the macro level, this is happening. Do any of you have any insight on the technicalities of the universe's creation in regards to... Um, Maybe you want to talk about dynamics of our central sun and us rotating around it. But do you have any insight of if there is something, a singularity, an even bigger singularity, or is it even a singularity in the center of our universe and are we rotating around it? And does that even extend outside of that into a multiversal level where we're all a bunch of cells rotating around something even greater? And is that the direct source or is that, does, is that even a fractalization from, you know, hopefully that question wasn't too loaded. No, I, no, I get it. And I think it's all a fractal, you know, there's a black hole in the center of us that keeps our heart going. There's a black hole on every level of existence. So there is, it goes on infinitely and we're, we're a microcosm yet we reflect the whole. So You know, there's the human mind can't understand how we can be so small and yet the actual universe itself. So I think as we mature into the greater understanding, these things will make sense. There's always, yeah, there's always black holes is the work of Nassim, nested black holes. And the universe itself is a black hole. And that's part of a bigger black hole. But the black hole is what emanates existence. It's the void. It's a void, but it's all things come from nothing. That's the Taoist teachings, right, Tyler? Something comes from nothing. And that's the miracle of existence. It's the miracle of why we're here. It's the miracle of every thought that comes into your mind. Where's it coming from? It's coming from nowhere. And that's the black hole that's creating all of reality. So it's an ongoing revelation of of just marvel wonderment and and magic 
yes yes is is forming out of us and i saw geraldine I, was smiling so maybe yeah inside too but go ahead no alan please finish your thought oh, first. no i'm finished. i want to hear what geraldine and everyone else has to say yeah yeah, I love it. Um, I, you know, what I have seen through my travels, I'm not an astrophysicist, so I can only speak to what I have explored, um, you know, in that way. But I, I see that, yes, we do have this black hole in this universe that we exist in, which is really interesting because in some ways I feel that it plays to the physics of also the parasitic and how we experience perhaps in our through our dimensional filter the parasitic aspect and dynamic of this dimensional existence but i also saw that there's the white hole universe which is a a, a, a parallel universe of what we exist in that also is more expansive does this more contractive the other is more expansive and so i feel that we are moving in and out of both white and black hole universes and then when you go up there's like multiverses of the same thing uh, infinitely, uh, infinite multiverses, so, and I, and when you even go even higher than that, uh, when you go, you have to go from the black hole into the white hole, when you go through the white hole, it opens up into this, it's almost as if you're inside of a body, it's like the cells are universes, and it becomes this organism of multiverses that I mean, only we could possibly imagine what that what is that is a part of. So it's so what it, what it looks like is that we are like within some kind of organism. Maybe we are a micro cell of a giant organism, um, but it's interesting because it plays to the dynamics of the universe that is in our body. Like Alan was saying, the black hole and the white hole, we are both of those as well. And um, yeah, so when we start moving those at a certain speed, we can kind of move through all of them. I feel like that's kind of, you know, how that quantum non-locality begins to allow us to re uh, uh, bilocate into all of these other um, experiences. So that's what I will say. Right. T Tyler, what's the Taoist perspective here? Sure. Well, some of the texts I've read from the Taoist perspective is that the infinite cannot be represented by a physical thing in its fullness, right? So we all are reflections of the infinite, we contain the infinite, yet no physical manifestation is capable of fully demonstrating the infinite in its entirety, right? Because how could a limited thing fully demonstrate that which is completely unlimited and infinite, right? It doesn't make sense. So the idea of a black hole being a, a full singularity or representative of a full singularity, I'm not too sure about. I lean more towards uh, what you were saying, Geraldine, of these uh, black holes being representative of some type of macrocosmic intelligence, right? And each universe uh, perhaps represents the nucleus of the cells that make up the body of this macrocosmic intelligence. Uh, I am very much a fan of the idea of uh, linear universal creation. So that means prior to this universe, there was another one, right? And after this universe, there will be another one, just as we have linear incarnation, right? I had this past life. This is my present life. This one over here is my future life. I think the universe works like this. And these black holes are doorways that send and receive energies that both nourish this material universe, but also give rise to the one that will be born after this. So when we think of the color black, especially in the Kabbalah, we think of the sphere of Binah. This is the third sphere on the tree of life, which is the most feminine sphere. 
right? It is the sphere that births the material universe, but it is also the sphere that is used for destruction, binding, banishing. And we see this with the idea of the feminine energy, right? The feminine births life and it is amazing. It's beautiful. It's soft. It's uh, loving. It's wonderful. But yet the feminine can also be the destroyer, right? We were talking about Kali earlier, right? Representing, right? This ultimate destruction, the, the, the entropy that is the fate to all material things, right? Eventually the feminine, the earth will eat you, right? The thing that birthed you will consume you, right? So the feminine has this wonderful uh, creational and destructive power. And the black hole, I think, is representative of that duality in that the black hole is taking energy in, right? It's breaking energy down, which feeds the upcoming universe. But it is also pooling energy in and is emanating that energy through space. We might call that dark matter, right? And different types of um, particles that we can't really measure yet that are actually the organizing building blocks of existence. So I think black holes serve this double duty. They're pulling energy in, which is nourishing this universe, and they're taking energy from this universe, which is nourishing the upcoming one. And those are my thoughts on it at this time. I mean, there's, there's so much that could be said on this topic, um, but we don't have time to get into all of it, but I think that's a nice kind of highlight reel of, you know, what's possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Uh, I think we should, you know, like, cause I think we should close up in a, in a few here and Ellen, you can, either we can continue with this question or go. Yeah, and no, I, I think uh, Marie, Marina has to go. And then, um, um, yeah, but we can close up, but go ahead, Marina. But, any final words? I was words just going to say, we should do a panel though, um, a specific yeah. panel just for, what is the multiverse and a discussion on this topic alone about the dynamics and technicality. So I'll reach out to all you guys and we should really do that. Yeah, definitely. And I want to say, I do love that Kali part that came through Marina because it's a, it's a maturing of, of what I see of her, of her ability to express at least publicly and she's not holding back and, and more aspects of, of the consciousness field will come online because you weren't afraid to express that deep part of yourself. So how do you feel after today's session, Marina? <laughs> I feel great because usually um, when I came to panels, it was just sharing that, you know, um, everyone, you know, these teachings that yes, we have to come into love and everything, but that eventually leaves uh, the big, picture out you know so I think I needed to bring all aspects of myself and my experience in order to give people like a like the perspective of what is really like the experience of being a human right now about like it's not just flowers and roses and being love and everything and choosing not to look at drama it's also looking up at the drama and exposing it and discussing it and and you know and working that's there are some steps and processes that we need to go in order to get into that path of integration not just individually but collectively so i felt amazing to share you know finally um my opinion but like the general pr perspective you know perspectives that i have came into conclusion like general teachings that integrate all of it not just one part of it but mm -hmm you know, the whole picture. 
Well, I want to say also what you told me is that you're standing up for the human part of your genetic nature. You know, there's a part of the ETs that seem to be very logical and mechanical, and you're siding with the human emotions. That is what makes us so important here in the cosmos is that we know how to feel, express, and be passionate. So I want to acknowledge that part because we forget well, it's that. Not, it's not like a bee, like, a, um, yeah, like a bidirectional thing, like um, either like uh, polarized, like ETs versus human, because humans are hybrids with ET DNA. So what I wanted to really say is that I stand with humans in terms of the gray hybrid agendas going on that try to you know make us more hybridized that is what i meant to say because ets are just ets you know they are they come along within our dna so i want oops i think we she froze oh well i guess phil phil you have something to say Mr. Phil? No, at least she didn't freeze in one of those like really <laughs> weird expressions, you know, like you know, something like that. No, I, I, I've always got I've always got something to say. I just finished a class on cosmic structure. I mean, I mean, this is just one of the simpler charts. I mean, a lot of this stuff is known, but I think the real healing comes from like what I said yesterday, when we acknowledge the common core of creation from which we all emerge that's going to be the healing when we acknowledge yes. our common source right marina right everybody right. Marina, I, you you were frozen in the middle of a sentence did you oh, have something that's going to be the healing of the as world. a closing thing yes what i wanted to say is that that i'm stand with humanity but not like against et's rather against agendas of et's that pretend to alter our DNA and with transhumanism so that we become more advanced supposedly by, you know, manipulating our DNA because I believe that it's time for humanity to finally evolve with organic timelines naturally evolving, not just making more genetic iterations. And that's the message. That's not just my message. That's the message of my star families that they think it's time for us to become finally organic-based. Mm, I like that organic timelines. That could be a good biography about you. But okay, <laughs> thanks for being here. Thanks so much. And Geraldine, any final words for this panel and and the level of intensity that was kind of articulated? Oh, I think it was an amazing, very exciting uh, panel. We got through a lot of different conversations, and um, I think that if I leave anyone with anything, is um, uh, trust yourself actually it's compassion powerful compassion of self complete authenticity authenticity uh in order to not lie to ourselves about why uh you know why we feel certain ways and that allows us to be able to have complete authenticity and and compassion of this self and all the experiences through the dualistic earth uh, all the potential earth and and off and interdimensional experiences that we might be having um, and then learning how to trust ourselves uh, profoundly. That's so important. And I think that all of these incredible experiences help us learn in many different ways how to trust ourselves and embody unconditional love in order to enter into that uh, bliss uh, state of non-neutrality. 
Mm. And uh, that zero point of co-creation, which, um, you know, is really exciting. And I hope that everyone can learn, you know, through the process of their experiences, how to access this through all potential experiences. That's all. Thank you so much. That's great. Great. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy, thank thank you, Geraldine. Jimmy, what was the most important thing you learned this weekend <laughs> or, or realized or, yeah. Um... You know, just how many more people out there are also sharing their journey. And like I've said many times, um, you know, it's a mosaic of experience. The more of us that come forward, um, the more we all learn from each other. And so I just want to thank you guys all again for allowing me to come on and really add my voice to that mix. Um, and like Geraldine said, have self-compassion, trust yourself that you have the answers you need. And people will show up when you need them to do the inner work. So. Thanks, Jimmy. Phil, yeah. before we go to the host, what do you, anything you want to say before we go to the Phil? You unmuting or you just looking, you're just staring. <laughs> no, oh. no, I would just reiterate what I said yesterday that life is just so precious. Oh. The gift of life is just so precious. And I love you all, you know. You're becoming a saint, yeah. Phil. How'd that happen? That's good. I'm sure you had something to do with it. I don't know. Maybe we've all had something to do with it, but thank you. Okay, Joan, what do you make of all this weekend? This oh my God, well, first of all, I think because of ET contact in my life, I woke up yes. and I received many gifts because of it. I, deeper intuitive, deeper connection, deeper, all my psychic skill, everything has come from my waking up. And mm -hmm. so that's a miracle. I look mm -hmm. around at people who are asleep, you know, or and, and I just go, this is a miracle. So I just want to thank all of you for being part of my miracle, being the people I could talk to about everything that's on my mind. And for all of us of remembering who we are and waking up, mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't all have to look the same. It's all different levels of awakening. I like where I'm at now because it's calmer, less dramatic, you know, but but that happens. So I wish everyone lo love and joy on their journey. I'm happy we're on this journey together. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to make it successful. That's Thank what's going to shift the timeline. Thank you. And yeah, and you, Neil. Um I just have a few words. I'll close out with some poems at the end. I feel that's probably more okay. expressive. But I'll say that uh, we're just, it's just a beautiful journey we're on, isn't it? It's like so how interesting it is just trying to piece all together all these pieces of the puzzle and, and figure it all out and to remember. And it's just so interesting and so dynamic and so inspiring. Mm -hmm. Like we have so much, so much that we can experience just within this reality now as humans. Mm. As we expand and we evolve, the level of our experience and what we can experience, we, some of us, most of us on this earth, even those that are awake, cannot even fathom the, the technology available to us externally, let alone the technology available to us internally as we activate, you know, all of our energy centers and become basically like, you know, seventh dimensional tapped in beings while we're existing in the 3D, 4D reality we really have the potential to do some magical things. And th this is just like 
I'm in awe a lot when we have these conversations because I'm like, wow, we're just at the beginning. I'm just one of the people here at the beginning phases of this new consciousness that's going to be the prevalent energy on the planet. And we're here at the beginning having this conversation about it, right? Just where it's going to be and how it's evolving and growing. Um, I'm just so honored and blessed really just to be a part of it and having these great conversations like it so i just feel i just want to express my gratitude really for all of you guys just to come here and just to be in this and to have these conversations and just move forward with love move forward with the understanding that this is a part of our experience you know good bad and the ugly it's all happening in order to give us the experiences so that we can transcend and remember who we truly are and that's ultimately what the goal is is full remembrance and i don't mean that etherically and just esoterically i literally mean remember your past lives remember your et lives remember your divinity like as wholeness in our consciousness you know that's what i feel we have in store for ourselves and that's why i i do these events you know it's just every event we do is just another piece with that we uncover well thank you i'll go and then sheila who is the mother of all this can finish it off but i just want to say this has been one of the more real exciting conversations because we brought in a real range of dynamics. And that's what makes life interesting, <laughs> dynamics and range. Not everything is gray, pun intended. Everything wow. is multiple colors of possibilities. And we're here to go beyond that gray two-dimensional world and enliven ourselves with endless possibilities. <laughs> I think Phil taught mm -hmm. me that. Endless possibilities. So I'm really happy that we actually hit some really very real moments here and real in the sense that people's emotions can be felt. You know, it wasn't just intellectual because we need both sides. We need, like the, like the Hopis say, you need the male, male and female. You need two wings to fly. So mm. we, we flew a little bit off the high... You know, you know, Alan. Yes, you know, Phil. You know, we we're blessed. We not only have the benefit of hindsight, we also have the benefit of foresight. Think about that one. <laughs> that's a good one. Hundred okay. percent. We know yeah. where the destination is. <laughs> okay, Sheila, please yes. take us home. Yes, Tyler. Did did you have any final comments that you wanted oh. to make? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, I had a, oh, that's okay. Yeah. I had a great time here. It was really lovely to hear everybody's experiences, their stories. It was nice to be able to have my own talk. That was really fun. I felt like we got to get into a lot of interesting territory and uh, it's always special to me when I get to express myself and I get to be in a container where people are paying attention and they're interested and engaged. I mean, that's such a rewarding thing. And as someone exploring this mystical path, communities and environments like this are so wonderful. I mean, it makes life exciting. I feel like my life has gotten, you know, sprinkled with more fun just through being here. And I hope every other panelist here feels that way too. You know, it's really nice to have these group experiences. And uh, in terms of closing, what I want to leave people with is explore, really explore, explore, explore. You're here to explore. Right. If you were meant to live a sterile, pure, clean life, we'd all be bubble people. Right. I don't know if you think that would be bubble boy. That would be what we are. But we're on earth. Someone in the comments section uh, had mentioned that life is messy. Right. We get muddy. Don't be afraid of the mud. 
Don't be afraid of your shadow. Don't be afraid of people. Don't be afraid really of anything at all. It doesn't mean, you know, be ridiculous, put yourself in harm's way. What it means is don't become psychologically attached to fear and let yourself be bold. Let yourself experiment and keep an open mind. Marriage to an idea that is of the world is marriage to something that is finite and will die. And if you have married that, you will die with it, metaphorically speaking. So marry the ideas that come from the divine mind itself. Marry an immortal idea that gives you a path, that gives you a destiny, that gives you a purpose. Let yourself be unconditionally devoted to that. Don't devote yourself to the philosophies, to the ideas of the world. The world will end. But what does not end is your consciousness or what you receive from that pure source. Let that be what guides you and let it guide you through a thunderstorm and let it guide you through a meadow. Because if it is something truly of divine power, it's going to be an umbrella or a poncho or a house while that thunderstorm's there. So test it, right? Expose yourself to the things you're repulsed by. Expose yourself to the things you're scared of. Expose yourself to the things that you judge and see what happens when you call upon your source. See what happens when you turn that divine power on. Watch the miracle. Right. Let your results be the proof of your spirituality and your path. Spirituality encompasses all of life. It's all about the connections between yourself and the world around you. So to damn something outside of you, to cut something outside of you off, is to cut off your own arm and die. So don't be like that. Don't <laughs> sabotage yourself. Be bold. Be courageous. Have fun. Be a hermit when you need to be a hermit. But remember, you're a part of a human family. And you're a part of an intergalactic family. So open that heart and be Shiva Shakti, making love. Make love to your world. Make love to your life. And you will conceive a wonderful experience. So thank you all for having me. Hey, thanks thank for you. joining our community, Tyler. Really. Absolutely. Okay. Sheila, the, the goddess that created this um, occasion here. What, what's, what's your... I You know, I there have been so many perspectives shared and so many phenomenal speakers that I'm very grateful to everyone for being here. Um, I'm grateful for the support that you and Neil have given to these events. I am very, very grateful from the bottom of my heart. I'm grateful for everybody that hung in there with us throughout this entire weekend and, and all the YouTube people that are watching this. Um, you know, when I leave these events, I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude um, at how people come out and how they open up, they reveal those deepest dark parts of themselves and allow us to share in that experience and allow us to be part of that healing that takes place. And what we practice here in these events, we can take out and practice in the world. And so I want to thank everyone for creating such a beautiful container for this weekend. Thank you. Thank you for, you know, the life you've chosen to incarnate into, to follow your mission so people can have this sort of dialogue to mm, kind of reach into the unknown, to rip to rip the fabric off what is known and what is normalized and what is um, never discussed so people can talk about the real essence of incarnation. So thank you for 
for that. Okay. And let it be known to the big Xerox machine in the sky that we're ready to reflect a harmonic reality. And that's where we're at right now. And that's why we're here. We're here to create harmony. You know, we've been in this disharmony, this chaos confusion for so long. And now the time for clarity is upon us. And I'm going to do a couple of poems here to close us out. And one is called The Traveler, and the other one's called The Black Sun. But we're just going to go right through it as a spoken word journey. And uh, I feel this is perfect for the fact that we're going very cosmic. We've been going very cosmic the last couple of days. The Traveler. The Resurrected One. Many times I faced incarnation. Simultaneously happening, the desolation, sun explosion, implosion, creating rips in space-time. For me to travel with the universal mind into planetary systems vaster than the galactic kind where the laws of physics no longer apply. Where the energetic beings reside, going faster than the speed of light, mass increases to infinity, omnipresence of my energy, one with the celestial melody. Harmoniously find the frequencies that are hidden from sight. I left the density of struggle, resistance, and fight. The lessons have been learned, so it's time to climb up the dimensional ladder onto the next multiversal ride. As I quasi-physical being, half flesh and half light. The metaphysical, metaphorical, quantum theoretical truth of mankind, full disclosure of the cosmic kind, resurrect the Christ consciousness. Let the bliss flow and undergo the transition to the fifth world prophesized to be the end of human karmic woes and duality of friends and foes. Know this, we are about to shift the human consciousness into the dimension that is next. So allow the vortex to appear. When people start to disappear, melt and dissolve the fear, the time is near for the revolution of consciousness to steer us into the galactic arms of the Milky Way. Swim into the ether with abundance of the universe, we pray, eradicating the lack of mentality, creating technology holistically that has never been seen through alchemy. Order is the result of anarchy. Throwing off the center of your gravity only temporarily during the ascension of our galaxy and all sentient beings. During the ascension of our galaxy and all sentient beings.